We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series from the book of Jeremiah called Hope in Crisis. And today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called My God is Bigger Than the Impossible. Let me say that again. My God is Bigger Than the Impossible. Though Jeremiah does not know what God is doing, Jeremiah did know what God wanted him to do. Okay? He knew that God was telling him, buy the property. I know it's ugly. I know it's in a bad place. I know no one's going to be living there for a very long time. But when he knew that God wanted him to do it, he did what God wanted him to do. I want you to write this down in your notes. Dynamic faith obeys God courageously, even when understanding is lacking. God may be speaking to you today saying, um, there's something that I want you to do. Or there's some place I want you to stand up for something. I want you to hold your ground. Or there's a place that I want you to go. Or I just want you to sit still and wait for me to do something. And whether that is to turn from something sinful or move toward God and do something right, no matter what it is, um, God speaking, I trust to many of us, and whatever God tells you to do, uh, do it. It's very simple. I love the message from the beginning of this chapter. Now, more is coming later, but many of us, we want to wait till the rest of the chapter before I'm moving. And yet what God was telling him here to do is just, just do it, Jeremiah. Do it. And I love Jeremiah's sensitivity to God. Forty years in, everything's falling apart. And yet Jeremiah says, listen, if, God, if I see God's in this, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That's great faith. That is dynamic faith right there. What do we do in those moments where we don't understand? I love the verse, Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. Probably many of you have memorized this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That's exactly what Jeremiah did. He just said, Lord, you're telling me to go in this direction. I'm going. I'm going. Well, what should we do in these, quote, impossible moments where God doesn't make sense, where it's not clear why? Why should I do what you're saying, God? Well, obey without delay. Second of all, when you get in a moment where God's calling you to step out and do something, uh, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Um, Usually God puts people around us uh, who can encourage us. And if God's asking for you to wait or God's asking for you to go, whatever the case, get some people around you who will pray with you and get into God's word and let him continue to speak to you day in and day out. Okay, don't just run off. Let people be there to pray for you. That's what a small group is for. Then finally, entrust yourself to God. Every believer will face a time in their lives where they have to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, whether, the, whether it is complete darkness where God is just telling me, walk straight and don't turn to the right or the left, I'm with you, but it's completely dark or it's just foggy, whatever the case, there will be a time in your life where God will ask you to step into some impossible situations or situations where the clarity is not there. It is. It will happen. The question is what we do with that. Now, after Jeremiah obeys, let's uh, look back at the text Notice what Jeremiah does. It says, After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. 
Nothing is too hard for you. Let me just say this. Great point here. You can circle this in your Bible. Notice that it says, as soon as Baruch was done, as soon as the documents, as soon as he had the documents he needed, what did, what did Jeremiah do? As soon as he obeyed, he turned and prayed. I'm going to tell you that is a great advice for the believer. You might be giving this advice to someone in your life who's struggling. This advice might be right in your, gri- right in your grill, right in your face. This is a message that God wants you to do, which is first obey, then pray. First obey, then pray. Now, clearly, Jeremiah has great theology here. End of verse 17, he says, nothing is too hard for you. Now, here's the thing. Uh, what's happening in Jeremiah, by the time we're done reading Jeremiah's prayer, Jeremiah's theology is going to go head on with Jeremiah's situation. Clearly, he starts with the right theology, but have you ever had a time where your theology doesn't seem to match your situation? And you have to say, God, you, you say you're faithful, but I'm not seeing it right here. Well, that's what Jeremiah was feeling. Verse 18 says, so you show steadfast love to thousands, but you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. Oh, great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, great in counsel and mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. You have shown signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, and to this day in Israel and among all the mankind, and have made a name for yourself as at this day you brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and wonders and with a strong hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror verse 22 and you gave them this land which you swore to their fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey and they entered and took possession of it but they did not obey your voice or walk in your law they did nothing of all you commanded them to do ouch Therefore, you have made all this disaster come upon them. Behold, the siege mounds have come up to the city to take it. And because of the sword and famine and pestilence or disease, this city is given into the hands of the Chaldeans who are fighting against it. And what you spoke has come to pass. And behold, you see it. Now, stop here. Look up for a minute. All that Jeremiah's, all of Jeremiah's prophecies for 40 years are no longer prophecies anymore. The reality, okay? He can look out his window, so to speak, and he can hear the screams of the armies attacking. He can see them trying to fill in the wall and tear the wall apart and the give and take of two armies trying to get at each other. He can see the people outside uh, shriveled up, starving to death. He can see uh, the boxes of the people who have died from the disease. Imagine a city for a year and a half with no, nothing coming into it good. He can see it. And he's saying right here, God, everything you've said, I can see it. I can see it. Think of how that must grieve Jeremiah's heart. Imagine if, if it wasn't Jerusalem, if it was Columbus. And the grief of seeing neighbors and family members dying and knowing the gloom that is just right outside the walls, more to come. Then notice what he says in verse 25. He says, yet you, yet you, O Lord God, after seeing all of this and bringing it to pass, have said to me, buy the field for money and get witnesses. 
Why do I need witnesses? Though this city is given into the hands of the Chaldeans. He's saying, God, you're doing everything you said. You're going to completely wipe this land out, and you're telling me to take the time to get witnesses so I can make a purchase of property? God, what are you thinking? Who cares? There's not going to be anybody living here for a very long time after I'm gone. You've said that for sure. And now you care that I get this deed set up right, and and I'm going to spend what little money I have left for food? on a purchase of a worthless piece of property. Keep in mind that um, Jeremiah couldn't read Ezra. He couldn't read Nehemiah. I think sometimes we have to make sure we put ourselves in the context. He had no concept. The thought of a nation being taken halfway around the known world and planted there and then coming back to their nation, coming back to the land of Israel was almost impossible. Like that was beyond what he could think. And to think that God would be able to do that after judging the people so hard, that just blew his mind. He couldn't, he didn't have categories for that other than to say, this is what God said. I don't see it. I don't know how it would work. Dynamic faith seeks God boldly, asking for clarity and wisdom. Now notice that God is not upset about this in any way. Um, God is not not bothered when we come to him in our lack of clarity and say, God, I I, I did what you said, but what you're telling me to do in my job or what you're telling me to do in my family if I apply God's, your word to this situation, it doesn't make sense. Why do I forgive that person who keeps smacking me? Why do I try to repair this relationship that is done? Why do I do that? Why do I obey your word here? That's why we ask Skip ahead to Jeremiah 33. This comes right after the text we're looking at right now. Jeremiah 33, 1. Notice that it says, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still, still shut up in the court of the guard. He's going to say something here. He says, thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name, He says to Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Now, even after God's going to tell him things at the rest of chapter 32, there was still more things that Jeremiah needed to know. And I can tell you it's the same thing in our lives. Even when we follow God completely and we know what we're doing is the right thing, there's times where God wants us to come back to him and say, could you please explain that a little bit more? Uh, or or I I forgot what you said last time. Could you say that again, please, a little bit louder? I'm going to tell you this. Confusion is a time to call out to God and to study his word. It is not a time to walk away from God with our head shaking. How terrible would it have been if Jeremiah, after 40 years of faithfully serving the Lord, would have said, God, I just don't get it. This one's put me over the top. I just... I followed you for 40 years. I've done everything you've said. And, and now you're telling this, this, I'm tired of these illogical things. I'm tired of bringing this judgmental message to people every month. I'm tired. Don't you see I'm in jail? Like clearly this has not enhanced my career. Clearly this has not taken my family to a better, I don't even have a family. Uh, I do have a crazy uncle who sells me junk properties. That's it. I want, you know, I want to give you this observation. What an amazing thing about Jeremiah. He stays faithful throughout the most difficult time. I said a little bit earlier, when you go through a difficult time, obey, then pray. 
obey, then pray. When you know God's telling you to do something, you read that verse and it says, do this, and I know I need to do that, and God's putting in my heart by the Holy Spirit that I need to obey, um, here's what we do. Here's what we do, okay? Here's the trouble we get ourselves into sometimes. Let me say this gently. Sometimes we want to switch that, okay? We're like, okay, I think God told me to do something. It doesn't make much sense. So I think I'm going to sit here and I'm going to pray about it until I have clarity. Then I will obey, okay? That's backwards. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying if God puts something kind of different on your mind, um, it may help to get someone, a good leader or, or pastor, to give, kind of bounce it off them. I'm not saying jump off a cliff and tell them, don't, please do not jump off a cliff and leave a note that says, God told me so, okay? Don't do that. But many times when it's very simple obedience, and we know, as Jeremiah did, that it is God speaking to me, we obey first, then we pray. Okay, because what happens is when you switch those, what happens is you end up in a very uncomfortable situation where I, I, I keep praying, but God's not answering me. Why? Because you're not obeying. And then the, the answers aren't coming, so I feel my conscience is all messed up because I, I, I feel, the, I know the Holy Spirit, I, I know God wants me to do it, but I, I don't have clarity, so, so I'm still confused because he's not answering my prayer, so I, and that ends up in a cycle of confused faith and frustrated faith. Listen, what God calls us to do is he says, listen, when I tell you, you obey. Then pray, and I will give you clarity as much as you need, or as much as I can. My challenge to you today is to let God free your heart. Let God free your heart through simple obedience. This is Pastor Luke Aarons. Maybe you've been listening to Meeting with God and wondering, how can I embrace the gift of salvation and follow Jesus Christ? Or I have some questions about Jesus and the journey of faith. We would love to answer any questions you may have or help you in taking the next step of faith. Let me encourage you to visit our church website, verticalchurch.life, or visit one of our weekend services in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. And build within you dynamic faith, a faith that is not captive to circumstances. Okay? Sometimes God uses these events to free our hearts from, I have to know all the answers before I obey. Okay? Let me say that. That's a hard thing. All of us will have times in our lives where God will tell us something, and what he's doing is testing our faith. Can you, can you walk through the darkness and trust me? Okay? Every one of us has that with our, our family, our kids, where you tell your kids, I want you to do something. But that, that's dark out there. I don't want to go outside the camper right now. It's dark out there. Trust me, you need to do that. And God is doing the same thing with us. And when he walks step by step, that's when the answers begin to come. Look back at the text here. Verse 27. I love this. This text has been, this is just awesome. It says, in the word of the Lord, verse 26, came to Jeremiah. He says this. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me. Now, I'm just going to tell you, your relationship with the Lord and your level of hope comes down to the answer that you give to that question. If you're saying, well, well, God, God, do you mind if I just parse that word a little differently? If I just insert, uh, most things are not too hard for you. That's where it all comes. That's where our faith meets reality. That's where we have to engage. God, you know, is anything you're saying everything, God. Are you really asking me to believe that everything is within your capacity? 
That's the question to Jeremiah. He says, is anything, is anything too hard for me? Now in verse 28 to 35, you can read this on your own if you want. God's gonna tell him, listen, listen, nothing is too hard for me. It's not too hard for me to discipline my people. It's not. In verse 36 to verse 44, he's gonna say, and just as it's not too hard for me to discipline them, it's not too hard for me to restore them either. It's not too hard for me to take uh, that teenager through the ditch, and it's not too hard for me to pull that teenager out of the ditch and restore them. God's saying, I can do it, I can do it. Nothing is too hard for me. I want you to see a little um, nuance here, but an awesome truth. Look back at verse 17, what Jeremiah said when he started his prayer. Verse 17, he says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Now, as God is interacting with him, he's saying, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know what? Everything in Israel's past, I agree with you, Jeremiah. Nothing in the past was too hard for me. I made heaven and earth. And then if you look at what Jeremiah said, yes, I brought the people out of Egypt. I've done everything. Nothing in the past is too hard for me. You can see that on the record. But notice what what God says when he comes back at him. He doesn't say, yes, I am the God of creation. Yes, I am the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Notice what he says in 27. He says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Now, what God's doing there is he's saying, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, not only am I the God of the past, I'm the God of all flesh. Listen, I'm the God of the present. I'm the God of those warring armies that are screaming right now trying to attack your city. I'm the God of the king who's sitting just beyond that, Nebuchadnezzar, who's making up the strategy to take this city. I'm the God of the Zedekiah, the king that's sitting a couple doors down that's got you in jail right now. I'm the God of your uncle, and I'm the God of you. I am God of all flesh, nothing. It's too hard for me. I'm going to tell you that's a message you needed to hear. It's a message we need to hear. God is God of everyone in your life who's sitting next to you, who should be sitting next to you, who's a thousand miles away from you. God is the God of all flesh. But notice he doesn't stop there. As he continues, look at verse 42. God is also God of the future. Verse 42, it says, For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought all this great disaster upon this people... So I will bring upon them all the good that I promised them. Fields shall be bought in this land of which you, Jeremiah, have been prophesying. It is a desolation without man man or beast. It is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. And God continues, Fields shall be bought for money, and deeds shall be signed and sealed and witnessed in the land of Benjamin, that's where Anathoth was, and in the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the Shephelah, that's a great place to go on vacation, and in the cities of the Negev, for I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. What God's telling him is, listen, listen, Jeremiah, not only am I in control of the present, I'm also in control of the generations that are yet to come. And your great nephews and nieces that are yet to be born, someday they're coming back, and I'm going to restore this land, and there will be processes in place. There's going to be life as normal. There's going to be a restoration, and just as I have brought destruction, I'm going to bring life again, 
and I'm going to do everything that I said. So Jeremiah, here's the question again. Is there anything too hard for me? And that's the question that God is bringing face to face with each one of us as we read his word. Is there anything too hard? Jot the final point down here. Dynamic faith listens to God quietly, embracing his capacity and plans. Listen, Jeremiah had to wrestle with a question just as we have to wrestle with a question. I'm going to tell you there's going to be a time today or tomorrow or next week where you're going to have to answer the question, is there anything too difficult? Is there anything beyond the capacity of the living God? Now, here's the neat thing. Jeremiah had the ability. This is one of the greatest things about Jeremiah. Jeremiah had the ability to live through the darkest season in the nation of Israel, and he didn't get to see God's restoration. And he stayed faithful right to the end of his own life. And he couldn't see it, couldn't see anything like it, but he decided, I am going to be faithful to God. If God's saying this, it's going to happen. I'm going to rest in God. He didn't see the day, as we later read in Ezra, Ezra chapter 2. We're going to go there in a couple of months. Ezra 2 says, Now these were the people of the province who came up out of captivity of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried captive to Babylonia. And they returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own town. Skip down to verse 23. And the men of Anathoth, 128. Those were probably Jeremiah's nephews, nieces, great nephews and nieces. But God was faithful. And when God said, I'm going to do this, he did it. And the same is true for us, whether it's something in the immediate, sometimes it's only five minutes between the need and the answer. Sometimes it's a lifetime between the need and the answer. Sometimes we only see the need and the answer comes beyond our lifetime and we only get to see it in eternity. I'm reminded of the great uh, preacher, great uh, leader, George Mueller. He prayed for five people repeatedly, repeatedly for years. I believe he prayed for two guys in particular for over 50 years. The rest came to Christ, but two did not. And he kept praying for them, and he passed away. And it was right after that that the final two people came to know the Lord. And sometimes we have to just live by faith and say, Lord, if you're calling me to a dynamic faith where I don't see the answers in the time I want to see them or even ever see them this side of eternity, God, God, my trust is in you. Nothing is too hard for you. Here's a question for us. What are we going to do with those things that are beyond hope? Okay? Every one of us has situations in our lives that we really think are beyond hope. Okay, we may not say that. We probably don't say that in small group. It doesn't sound very Christian to say that's beyond God's control. But deep, deep down in our heart, when we're really thinking about some things, we're saying, God, that's, that's right on the edge of your capacity. Now, to God, it's nothing. But to us, it's huge. And at that moment, we are settling whether we're going to live by dynamic faith or we're going to live in our own strength and our own capacity. And what God is calling us, every one of us, to do today is say, God, I don't see it. I can't figure it out. The bridge is out. It seems impossible. But God, there is nothing, there is nothing that's too hard for you. And if you can say that by faith, God can restore it. God can work in it. 
God is faithful. God is saying to us today, listen, listen, sister, brother, is there anything too hard for me? God is saying to you as a child, child of mine, is there anything too hard? And most of us would say, no, no. God would say, listen, listen, then anchor your heart to my capacity and to my plans and to my ways, ultimately to my hope. Put your, put, listen, there's nothing that I can do as a preacher. There's nothing that leaders can do up here. Listen, listen, ultimately it's between you and God. Someday you have to make the decision when no one else can help you beyond the impossible. Listen, God, yes, it's you that my hope is in. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Vertical Church is not only passionate about the preaching of God's word, but also praying for God to work in the lives of those in our church, our city, and our world. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Please take a moment and head to our website, verticalchurch.life, and visit our prayer wall. There you can leave a prayer request, either publicly or anonymously, and you can know that Vertical Church will be praying for you. As always, we hope to find you here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.